passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Our guest today, a former WWE champion, can now add the title of author to his resume. His new book, A Chosen Destiny, is available everywhere now through Gallery Books. It's a pleasure to welcome to Post Wrestling, Drew McIntyre. And Drew, congratulations on the book, first of all. Well, thank you very much. It's absolutely mental that I have the book. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. There's a very descriptive uh, scene in the book where you are describing uh, as a young man uh, attending a bar where you're reading wrestling books as you're working uh, this many years later and working on your own project. What are some of the the notable book titles that jump out at you that really had an influence on you uh, as a fan growing up that you were reading and now you know you can add your name to the list of wrestling books? Oof. Well, the first book I ever read cover to cover um was Have a Nice Day by Mick Foley. Um and it's not like I was a young young guy at the time. I was about thirteen probably when I read. I probably should have read a few books cover to cover by that point. Namely <laughs> my books books that I wrote English essays on, but you know, thankfully I was really good at skimming and able to still pull off some good grades without reading the whole uh, you know, Death of a Salesman and the likes. But Mick Foley's Have a Nice Day was the first one I read cover to cover and than anything I could get my hands on. You know, I read, I believe, Rock had one out at the time. Uh, Rock says, um, Stone Cold had one out at the time. I would just power through anything, get my hands on. At least little books of certain guys. I remember Edge had one as well. And um, when I was working in the bar very briefly, one of my few uh, jobs, I had a side wrestler. I've been a wrestler since I was 15 years old. And it was a very quiet bar. It worked for me. So I would have my university books up. Because my dad had something been there, but behind it, I would have Triple H's book, his bodybuilding book at the time. So reading, how can I get in shape like Triple H? And that's the kind of physique I was aiming for at the time. So I'd read that behind my book. And if anyone ever asked for a pint, I'd be so irritated. You know, like, taking me away from my wrestling. Like, go out there, just give them the death there, give them their pint, get back to my book. So it is pretty wild, you know, after powering through so many books as a youth. And throughout my whole life, I've read everyone's book, you know, Bret Hart, Dynamite Kids, anything I get my hands on. And now I've got my own, just mind-blowing. In terms of uh, going into a project like this, you know, you, you have to put a lot of yourself out there. And you describe yourself as a, as a bit of an introvert. What was that process like for you from the beginning when this was presented to you and going in with the mindset of, you know, sharing a lot of, of personal elements uh, about yourself? Um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't um, easy, but it was important to me to, to be honest and put everything out there. Um, you know, as you say, I am an introvert, which is hilarious considering I've always worked in my underpants since I was 15 years old. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not the most outgoing person. I'm not, not much of a people person, and I certainly am not the most emotional in the world. Um, especially when I was younger, 
And that's a big part of the book that I kind of had to learn how to deal with those emotions and be more open. And my wife is a big part of helping me with that. And when it comes to writing the book, you know, I didn't think to myself one day, you know what the world needs right now? They need the story about Drew McIntyre, the kid from Scotland who won the WWE title, they need a wrestling book. That's not how it came about. It was the last thing on my mind, probably. Um, I believe a company approached WWE, then they came to me with the idea, and I said the same thing. Like, well, does anyone really want to read that right now? Is that not something I do when I'm retired, perhaps? Like, no, it's not your wrestling story as such. Like, your life story, the things you talk about in interviews and about your struggle and how you've overcame and you've been knocked down a lot of times. It's gone through some really difficult stuff in your life. And you're so open about it in interviews and even on the television show. And we think you could really help some people out there and inspire some people out there. And it was put to me that way. I went, well, that's different. That's kind of what I'm all about at this stage of my life is helping people, inspiring people. And if my story could help everyone out there, I was more than willing to do it. But it was very important to me not to write it just for wrestling fans. I wanted to write it for everybody and kind of explain the wrestling industry as we went, keep things simple for our fans and our insiders, but also for new fans and kind of educate them to the wrestling business. And hopefully if people are having a tough time out there, no matter how dark it may seem, especially during the past year or yeah. over a year now for the, for the time we're in right now, and they can take something from it and know there's a light at the end of the tunnel and go, well, well Drew managed to get through this. I can do it too. Then that means more to me than anything. And I'm already seeing the feedback on social media about how people are being affected positively. And that means the world to me. And that's why I did it in the first place. I think it's with that same thinking, Drew, that I think a lot of people took that message uh, last year when you announced that that you had COVID. And the WWE, I think they've been very careful, like on programming. I don't think they want to have that that cloud. But having someone like yourself, a very healthy young individual stating, hey, I have this and I'm going to tackle this. I think that that was a really positive message to be sending out to a lot of people and just making it uh, aware. Like there's no stigma with this. This is a problem that everyone's dealing with and it could affect even somebody like myself. Yeah, I was very grateful um, to the company for allowing me to, to be the first person to speak, you know, on our flagship show on Monday Night Raw as a champion at the time and tell everybody, you know, I tested positive and just be honest. Mm -hmm. Say, listen, I've followed all the guidelines to a T. I wore the mask. I socially distanced. I'm a hermit. Basically, I live in my house. My gym's in my garage. My wife and I have food delivered to the house. Like, we couldn't be any stricter, and I still got it. And I'm so grateful to WWE for our testing um, all throughout the pandemic that we caught it before I was able to go to work and spread it to someone else. I might have spread it to an at-risk family member. And we're further down the line. We're now putting out our PSAs, encouraging people to get vaccinated when eligible so we can finally get things back to normal um, and you know, number one keep people healthy and number two finally see my family that I've not seen in a year and a half and I can't wait to get back to normal and, and again just so grateful to WWE to put it out on our gigantic platform. Uh, going back uh, a big part um, at least in your early uh, WWE career is that infamous introduction by Vince McMahon in 2009 anointing you as a future WWE champion uh, 11 years after that. How do you go back and, and view that that distinction that was put upon you? Did you view it, maybe in hindsight, as this test? Like, I'm going to put the largest bullseye on this guy from my locker room, and he will either be able to rise to the occasion, or, like, that was a lot of weight that's placed on your shoulders at 24 years of age. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not quite sure what his thought process was um, at the time, but I'm grateful for it. I wouldn't change anything about it. It's the one time that Vincent Mann has went out on television and said, this is the future right here. This is the chosen one. This is somebody that reminds me of myself. Put such a glowing endorsement on me. My nickname was literally the chosen one at the time, and it probably never happened again. Of course, you know, things didn't quite pan out, but it's all part of my story that I have this unique journey as opposed to starting from the bottom and working my way to the top. I kind of started at the top, uh, fell violently to the bottom. I couldn't be any further at the, t- the top at the time, I guess. It was, you know, I went from, uh, walking away from the burning building, saving the girl from the tracks. <laughs> like every kind of top guy in the movie uh, role you can think of, I was that guy too, lower than the comedy psychic towards the end of my career until I was actually fired. Um, and it's bizarre, uh, the journey I've taken, but I wouldn't change one thing about it because uh, it is such a significant part of my history. And I always say that it's a matter of a sorcerer. They can see the future. And they predicted the company going public years before it happened. They predicted the network years before it happened. Obviously, when Peacock now. And they predicted Drew McIntyre become a world champion years before it happened. So if he says something, it may take a second, but it's going to happen. And it's going to be a very interesting journey throughout, as detailed on the chosen destiny. You know, especially over the past year, you have been front and center for, for the company, one of the major stars, and it's coming at such a unique time in history. I'm curious what the dynamic is like today in the locker room, because you're not going to multiple cities every week. You're not going on the international tours. You get together once a week. Is there a, a different kind of uh, dynamic within the locker room uh, today, just given that it's it's such a more limited schedule? Uh, I mean, ever everybody is as friendly as ever, and um, you know we got a great locker room. We all get along, and I've seen at times in this industry when that wasn't the case. But I guess the difference now is obviously we're not on the road, we're not around each other multiple times a week. European tours, we don't get to hear everybody's story. Uh, you know what's going on behind the scenes, all the family stories, and. You know, I kind of miss that kind of stuff. It's just we're in, we're out there on a TV day. It's very you know go 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 on TV days. So you don't get to spend the time you'd like to with each of the superstars in the locker room. You might get a little conversation here and there at TV, but it's very TV focused. So I guess that's the only difference is you know we're not around each other as much as we would be. So hearing about each other's lives and what's going on. So I'm looking forward to when we get back on the road and kind of hearing the update what's been going on for the past year and a half for a lot of our superstars that I've not been hearing about because I've been so busy on TV. To- in terms of like when that comes back, I mean, from yourself, um, just physically, what's the impact been like for you this past year where it's just such a different schedule? Has it been good, bad? Is it somewhere in between? Uh, I mean, I'd lie if I said it wasn't good. <laughs> I went from wrestling four days a week, um, every single week, uh, sometimes two weeks at a time on the on the tours to one day a week, and sometimes you might not even be wrestling that one day, like two times if there's a pay per view going on. So my body has had a lot of time to recover, and I've been taking advantage of it. You know, I continue my stretching, I do my DDPY, DDP yoga continue my weight training diet wise obviously you're not traveling everywhere so it's a lot easier to stick to a diet and so I certainly say that I am you know my body's feeling better than it's felt in a long time but at the same time you know when I'm able to stick to a diet I haven't changed it too much I still eat the same meals that I would bring on the road with me because eventually we are going to go 
back on the road, we're going to get traveling again. Um, I do, you know, get myself in a ring if I feel like I'm a little rusty to move around just to make sure I've not lost any timing because uh, I want to be ready. Because the second they say go, you know, I don't want to be a 10 steps off or my body not used to the physicality doing multiple shows a week and I'm not being able to stick to the diet. So I am consciously aware that we're going to be back on the road eventually. Don't stray too far off the path. Uh, those that uh, read the book are going to learn a lot about your history with Seamus, and that's been a big focus this year for you uh, on television, going back to uh, the story uh, evolving since last November, and you guys had some uh, tremendous matches on television. Uh, I just wanted to get some of your thoughts about where this uh, program began back in November and where you two saw this going, because it seemed to be going towards a, a big pay-per-view match. Was it sort of something where you're just seeing where this would uh, evolve to? Uh, I'm curious about uh, where things were going, because that was, you know, it's been a key story. And as I said, I think you guys had some uh, fantastic matches on television. Uh, thank you. And uh, it was so cool to finally get to do something with them. I have a detail in the book. Well, I always joke about how much older he is. Like we met when I was 19 and he was about 52 <laughs> at the time. He's always been, always been like an older brother. And, you know, we made each other realize we both had the same goals. We wanted to get to America. We wanted to get to WWE. We pushed each other to be the best wrestlers in Europe. We got signed on the same day, came to Florida Championship Wrestling. We're there at the same time, working our way up the ranks. Uh, the night he won, oh, the night I won the Intercontinental title, he won the heavyweight title. And obviously his career took off. Mine kind of went the other way. And, I had to leave the company. He kind of started heading on the downward slope after winning so many championships. And I returned, kind of went to the top. Uh, we got the chance to interact on TV in a kind of unique storyline where he was still getting air rotations, the bad guy, but was friends with the kind of top good guy on the show at the time. And it was an interesting dynamic for his character, which I really enjoyed at the time to show kind of our real um, chemistry we have and our real story. And then eventually, you know, when he turned on me, hit the broke. You know, I maybe would have, in an ideal world, liked a bit more time to tell the story. But realistically, if we get any chance to tell our story, we're going to take it. And we knew through our matches we'll get people's attention because nobody's going to be as physical as Seamus and Drew McIntyre in the ring together. Because, quite frankly, we're committing crimes physically on each other in the ring. And nobody wants to or will take that kind of level of violence in the ring except uh, Seamus and Drew McIntyre together. So we were excited to do our first match, which was considered a straight wrestling match. And people's response was really awesome. And then we had the no DQ match to escalated to the next level. And we got the pay-per-view match right before WrestleMania, which the, my favorite part, James's favorite part was the build-up video where they took our 20 years of um, history. They used not just clips when we we're younger in WWE, but clips outside the company. Um, and we got to see our journey together and how crazy that was. And went out, we're able to deliver in that final match and escalate things throughout all three matches and know it down the line, we can bring it back round again. And, in our minds, I guess in fantasy world, we would have went all the way to WrestleMania, but it is really cool that we, we took it right before WrestleMania. We had the big pay-per-view match and at WrestleMania, you know, we were able to cement Lashley and his spot as a top level superstar. So everything happens for a reason and Seamus and I will definitely come back around again. The book is A Chosen Destiny, available now everywhere through Gallery Books. Uh, Drew, continued success, and uh, again, congratulations on the book. Uh, it was great to read this and get a chance to uh, speak with you about it. No, thank you, buddy. Thank you for taking the time to read it. And everyone out there, if you enjoy it, if you take something from it, please send me a message on social media. I'll see them all when I'm seeing them already. Thank you for having me, buddy.